Contending for the Gospel, Protecting Orthodoxy, and Promoting Unity is Doctrine and Devotion's first annual West Coast Conference. It's going down Saturday, September 28th, 2019. You can get all of the information and register at doctrineanddevotion.com slash west. Welcome to Doctrine and Vacation, a podcast exploring <laughs> Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. I'm just going to call you Vacation now. That's okay. Vacation Jimmy. I'm okay with that. Yep. Yeah, I'm not against it. Yeah, because you're just like... The thing is, is when you go on vacation, mm-hmm. right, it's uh, it's an opportunity to uh, to not just rest but to give your family rest. Exactly. It's an opportunity, yeah, not okay. just for you, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity for your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but why are you, when you're flying to where you're flying, why are you in first class and the rest of your family... Oh, I'm sharing Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling off the Band-Aid, son. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, these are your Roman numerals now, sucker. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay so you, you're in first class. You are in first class. Uh, and you, oh, your wife class, yes, business and, class. And, 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 your, and your three kids yeah. are in steerage. Right. You're up <laughs> in drinking champagne. You have mimosas and you have Sundays. Mm-hmm. They give you foot rubs you get the hot towels and your family is your wife is right, like a single all, mother back there by herself all, first of all mm-hmm. i got us all in the same row in back in the back you know we're all together mm-hmm. but because of how much i fly yeah i received an email which like you that. you had to expect that this would happen because i know how you think i know you have to expect like that that's probably gonna happen nine times out of ten mm-hmm. it okay so yeah so you knew go ahead so, <laughs> so all of a sudden i get Proceed. an email mm-hmm. that says oh you've been uh you've been upgraded to, to business class to no surprise yeah mm-hmm. yeah seat one e Right mm-hmm. in the front, in the uh, in the aisle, just mm-hmm. where I like it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. So obvious, obviously, mm-hmm. I'm gonna obviously. be. You know, I haven't yeah. told Michelle yet, mm-hmm. but you know, I'll let her know. I'll probably tell her tomorrow. Yeah, I'm like, oh look, I got upgraded, baby. You take that seat. Mm-hmm. You go ahead and take that. Yeah, I'll now, sit in the back. Now she the is such a she is such a kind and generous and godly woman. She's gonna be tempted to give it back to you. And so let's just I am going to tell her tell her today. No, no, no. I am going to text her when this is over. I'm gonna text her. I'm gonna tell her. Listen, Jimmy wants you to give it. He's giving it to you so that you will give it back to him. No, that's don't don't do that. Don't do that. I just want to bless her and <laughs> oh, let okay. her enjoy that opportunity. Now, if for some reason you know the Lord, uh, the Spirit of God impresses upon her heart mm-hmm. to to serve me in that way by who giving are you to interrupt what the Lord wills? Exactly. Okay. If that that if the Lord gives and He takes and He might give to me, take it, give to her, and then takes it from her to give back to me. You know, he is a generous God, and uh, he is very kind to undeserving sinners like you and me, and we're grateful for it. Uh, But man, uh, I just think this is, this has the potential to put a a, sort of a, sort of a a barb into your vacation, you know, like a sharp point. Jimmy's in first class. I won't be in first class. I'll be in the back. uh, She's going to be in the back. I'll be in the back. I'll be in the back with the kids. Mm -hmm. Hey, man, everybody should check out that picture. Send me that picture that you put up of your son. He made you breakfast. Oh, yes, this morning, yes. Now, how how old is Elias? He is six. The breakfast sandwich that he made looks better than anything you're going to get at any fast food restaurant. And it looks as good as what you would get at like buttermilk or one of those high-end. That sandwich that that your six-year-old made for you is legit. Bacon cooked perfectly. Bacon, egg cooked really well. Uh, A little runny yolk. Yeah, a little bit of oh, yolk, yeah. Oh, just like we love okay, yeah, Just the way right. I like it. Mm-hmm. Just the way I like it. He even put a little kid. bit of mayo in there. A little mm. too much mayo, but hey. Yeah. I'll forgive him for that. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. All right. So like you've uh 
You've, you've had uh, you've had a lot of, a week with a lot of ups and downs. I know, yep. Jimmy. Yep. So I'm glad that you made time to uh, to just hang out and chat a little bit about the 1689. Of course. Of before course. you take off on your first class trip. Well, to, hey, 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 don't um, sit here and act like I don't do anything for you. Come on now. I, well, I'm here. I'm here to spend time with you before I go. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, got got. You got a cigar for yourself and not yeah. for me. I see. Yeah, it's what, nice. what? Yeah. It's my cigar. Yeah, but you didn't bring me one. No, wait. Because like, you're, like I'm, last time we recorded, I brought you a cigar. Yeah. And the time before that, I brought you a cigar. Yeah. yeah so, but, but you like, put them on my tab. No, nope, no, I didn't. Nope. Oh, those are those are mine. But, but either way, mm-hmm. so you're saying I don't think of you. You do not. I do not. I do not think of you, Joe. You do not think of me. You did not think of me when you you didn't even. You I didn't cross your mind. I this, didn't cross your this, mind. Hey, how, how's your battery power on your uh, laptop there? Fine, fine. Oh, I didn't know if maybe you needed to charge it up because you left it at the sh- at the oh. shop. <laughs> I left my apparently. I didn't know this. Mm. I left my plug at the cigar and shop. And I never think of you. Okay. No, who saw this? I did. Hmm. Hmm. I think somebody else saw it. And no, told and then Trey. Uh, yeah, you know, Trey just said, "Hey, look at the, look at this here." I saw so, it. So Trey's okay. Let's talk about the 1689 because I hope you feel um, bad for how how you treat me. Uh, no, I don't. Oh, yeah, okay. I don't feel much. <laughs> I'm pretty. <laughs> I'm pretty true. calloused. Yeah, that's I don't, true. I don't really feel much. So we're looking at 1689 paragraphs uh, four and five of chapter 19. I'll go ahead and read paragraph four. And this is all about the law of God, and it's been explaining how God has given. Uh, both moral law, civil law, and judicial or, or moral ceremonial and judicial or civil laws. And in paragraph four, we're starting with this judicial stuff. To them also he gave sundry judicial laws, which expired together with the state of that people, not obligating or not obliging any now by virtue of that institution, their general equity only being of modern use. All right. So a very brief... Um, paragraph here on the civil or judicial laws. Now, these judicial laws that were given to Israel, right, to them, to the nation of Israel, these yeah. were given. And uh, w- these are the kind of laws that dealt with like, case laws, uh, l- property disputes, yeah. uh, violence, uh, you know, s- servants, like it, it covers a, a wide range. Yeah, a, a miscellaneous uh Various laws, yep. Right, so the, all of those laws were, were given to Israel um, as a, a theocratic government under the Old Covenant. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that these judicial laws, and so again, we're back to this idea that there are moral, that these, these Ten Commandments are in one category, traditionally called moral, doesn't mean the other laws aren't moral in any way. It's just There's one category, the Big Ten, written in stone by the finger of God, traditionally called moral. Mm -hmm. You got ceremonial and those ceremonial laws in paragraph three um, were uh, fulfilled. They met their end in Christ so that um, they were abrogated, right? They, 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 they really, they were totally came to an end, but here these judicial laws, it says that they expired together with the state of that people. Yeah. What does that mean, Joe? Cause I mean, the, you know, we do have a, a state. Israel is a state. So, you know, they've, they've received that back again in, what is it, 46? 40. Yeah, you know what? Why don't you just check on your times is and we'll, yeah. we'll figure out what I know my times is. You know your times is. I just is. know my times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, you know, so. So what are we talking the, about there that it, 
yeah, the old covenant, the old covenant came to an end, right? And this is this is one of the theological themes that you see both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament that this old covenant will come to an end, that there will be a new covenant, a mm-hmm. better covenant. Um, and with the end of the old covenant, which governed Israel, th- with a a covenant of works of sorts, right? Where yeah. like if you obey, you're going to flourish, and if you disobey, you're going to be crushed, and judgment is going to come upon you. You can keep this covenant, or you can break this covenant. Yeah. Well. That covenant came to an end, and the people of God in the new covenant are now not contained in a nation, not in a nation state. They're not. They're not. Uh, they're certainly not under any covenant of works at all. They are in a covenant of grace. This new covenant in Jesus Christ, so that the people of God are now gathered together in local churches rather than a nation, and they exist in every tribe, tongue, and nation. So then, is that what it means when not obliging any now by virtue of that institution? Are you talking right. then about that covenant, that old covenant? Of yeah, works? right with Israel. So. So that is gone. The old covenant is is over. And so those judicial laws, I mean, here, I'll just, okay, let me bring this up. I, I know Leviticus 19 a little bit because I have a couple of tattoos. You have a couple of tattoos. Mm-hmm. And so people like to um, say, hey, doesn't Leviticus 19 say don't get tattoos? Yeah. Uh, and we've talked at length about that. So we're not getting into that here. But in Leviticus 19, what you'll see is that you have a bunch of different kinds of laws all layered on top of each other. Yes. And so even though we do recognize that there are moral and civil and ceremonial laws in the scripture, they are not always separated out into their separate categories uh, in neat, clean little packages that uh, that there's oftentimes an intermixing of all of these laws. So we're not saying that the Old Testament lays out these three boxes and then fills these three boxes. And then you look in one and you see all the moral, you look in the other and you see all the ceremonial. Sometimes they're on top of each other. Anyways, here we have um, some some pretty standard uh, laws here that would fall under judicial. If you look at verse 19, for example, in Leviticus 19, it says, You shall not let your cattle breed with a different kind. You shall not sow your field with two kinds of seed. You shall not wear a garment of cloth made of two kinds of material. So that cotton poly... Blend, blend blouse that you're wearing right now, Jimmy, mm-hmm. uh, that ain't okay, according to the judicial laws of Israel. And so like this, there's all kinds of things like not eating shellfish, uh, not cutting the hair at the sides of your head. It's like there's all kinds of judicial laws, uh, some of which were uh, laws that separated Israel out uh, culturally and made them distinct from other peoples. Other law, other judicial laws uh, governed matters of of equity, right? So when there was, if, you know, what would happen if somebody um, accidentally committed an act against you and damaged you or your property? Then what would the resolution look mm-hmm. like? So there's all kinds that fall into the, uh, the the judicial laws, but because the nation of Israel. Uh, is no longer the people of God, the, the revelatory people of God that the church, like the, the church has always been, right? And so it, the, Israel and the church were essentially one, but now uh, the church is no longer located in a nation state. The church is everywhere uh, where word and sacrament is uh, preached and administered. So these, uh, these state governing laws are no longer in effect because that covenant of works is passed. Now, though, it says their general equity only being of modern use. So like when you say general equity for, for Steve McCoy, that's listening. How would you I keep forgetting. That? Yeah. He won't know these exactly. words. So please don't assume that, that everyone knows because Steve doesn't. Well, yeah. When the idea of, of general equity, not, not substance or particular equity, right? So it's saying that there is um, behind these, these laws, these case laws, there is a, there are oftentimes there's a moral principle. 
Oftentimes there's a moral principle behind it. And so uh, those principles can still, we can still derive use from, we can still get a lot of wisdom from those things. So you don't look at the civil law and just go, done with that and throw it out. Yeah, yeah. We're no longer under that covenant. Forget it. Yeah. So we read the ceremonial laws and we rejoice because we see Jesus prefigured in them. And we read the civil laws and we rejoice because, um, you know, Christ was under that law for us. But also we can see in many of those laws, principles derived from the Big Ten, for example, and mm-hmm. principles de- derived from the character of God that are very useful for us. So it's good to know all of these laws. So again, when we're talking about the law of God under the Old Covenant, we're talking about moral, civil, ceremonial. We keep recommending to you uh, that book by uh, Philip Ross, From the Finger of God. That's really going to be the best you know, book that's going to walk you through the details, and we encourage you to get that. We're not about to debate it right here. We're just walking through the confession to give you a a clear picture of what this means and how we should be experiencing some of these things in our lives, which leads us right into paragraph five. Well, and it leads us, I mean, you said we're not going to debate these things here. And one thing that's non-debatable is that the best West Coast conference is happening September 28th in Rancho Santa Margarita. You know, I heard that they got the name Best Coast, the nickname Best Coast out there, after they learned that the Jofo was coming to do the Doctrine and Devotion conference there. But it was just the West Coast before that. Before but that now, and, then, and then we're going there now. They're like, Best they're Coast. They're now like, oh, we're going to the Best Coast. Exactly. Yeah. So you can head on over to DoctrineDevotion.com slash West. We've got our one-day micro-conference from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. Joe and I are each going to be uh, teaching uh, twice as well as a live D&D session. And for those registered, we're going to be having a hangout night on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, our man, Chris Pobletti, is getting everything Mom's ready. spaghetti. Never forgetti. Chris Pobletti. Oh, you're supposed to, you're supposed to <laughs> I know, it's circle, full circle. <laughs> and so, uh, Joe, what, what's our theme for this one year, or the, sorry, for this uh, one-day micro-conference? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're the whole theme is uh, contending for the gospel. Um, it's the idea of how do we protect orthodoxy and promote unity? How do we call out wolves? Uh, people that are outside of the church or false teachers that have denied the gospel, how do we contend with them? And and who are they? Is it just is it just those lady preachers? Or maybe, maybe it's, uh, it, there's a, there's a pretty big, uh, variety of, of false teachers out there and dangerous heretics that, and maybe some of them look orthodox, but they are molesting children in churches. Wouldn't we consider them? Uh, heretics and false teachers and shouldn't mm-hmm. they shouldn't we contend with them absolutely what about the people that are saying well that there are no differences between men and women of course we need to contend with them yep. as well so we want to look at the various kinds of false teachers that are out there and the various kinds of distracting misleading and dangerous doctrines that do creep into the church how do we contend but how do we also promote unity that's the goal that's what we're talking about really excited to do it so head on over to com slash west and register today so Joe, now we're continuing on in the 1689, uh, chapter 19, we're in paragraph five now. The moral law does forever bind all as well justified persons as others to the obedience thereof, and that not only in regard of the matter contained in it, but also in respect of the authority of God, the creator who gave it. Neither does Christ in the gospel any way dissolve, but much strengthen this obligation. So here we are, we are getting back to that issue of not the threefold division of the old covenant law, mm-hmm. uh, but the three uses of the law, the usefulness of the law, um, in the life of, of believers and, and in, so, in every, in every age. So really. what, what's the three uses of the law? The first use of the law is that in revealing the character of God, 
it also, uh, the law does this, right? The law reveals the character of God, not just the commands of God. And it also then reveals our sin and our guilt. And so in that sense, it points us to our need for redemption, for forgiveness, for a savior. So it, that's the first use. The second use is that the law functions as a restraint for evil through its threatenings of punishment, right? Uh, like, hey, do this and uh, bad things are going to happen to you. Don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't do that. But the third use of the law is what we're talking about here in paragraph five. And the third use of the law is that the law of God remains a rule for godly living for God's people. Now, some people disagree with that. There's been uh, other preachers and other podcasts that would talk uh, that there is no third use of the law, that uh, to do that would be a, a form of legalism that we've been freed from it, as as we talked about earlier, uh, in the sense that we are no longer, this which expired uh, together with the state of that people. Mm-hmm. So how, how do you... How do you respond to that for those that, that would look and say, hold on, there's not a third use of the law? Well, that is a, a weird uh, – okay, so let's let's leave the, the, the categories that the Reformed tradition has come up with alone. Um, I would ask them, do you believe that the commands of God, which are law, are binding, that we're supposed to keep them? Um, I, 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 I find it really hard to read Scripture and not to come away with that when Old and New Testament – uh, prophets and apostles and Jesus Christ himself are all commanding God's people to obey and to repent. In Romans 13, 8, uh, owe nothing to anyone except to love each other for the one who loves uh, has fulfilled the law for the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, right? Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Uh, Paul never pits the law, uh, the, uh, law, law obedience and law keeping for the glory of God. He doesn't pit that against Christian living. That is Christian living. Yeah. So, I mean, we see it again and again. So I, I think it's a weird thing for people to say that, oh, I don't believe in the third use of the law. Well, do you, what use of the law do you believe in? And maybe they, some would say, well, I only believe that it is useful in guiding us to Jesus. It certainly is that. But it, you really, um, you have to, you have to cut out large sections of the even the New Testament, uh, because it is literally, it's not sprinkled, it's not peppered, it is flooded with imperatives. It is flooded with moral imperatives, things that God calls us to do, and that is what we mean by law. So this moral law specifically, right, what we see summarized in the Ten Commandments um, is binding on all people. We've already talked about this. You can go go back and listen to those uh, those episodes, Uh, as well as justified persons and others. So even the person who has been saved, Jimmy, for people that don't know, like, I don't know, like Steve McCoy. Steve McCoy, yes, yes. Well, what does it mean to be justified? Yeah, justify is that we're made right before God, and that's we have that standing before God because of uh, Jesus's active and passive uh, obedience. Right. So uh, the justified person, right, saved by grace, they still are bound to the law. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so listen to what it says. Not only in regard to the matter contained in it, but also in respect to the authority of God, the Creator, who gave it. Neither does Christ in the gospel any way dissolve, but much much uh, strengthens this obligation. So the commands that are in Scripture are still applicable to the believer, right? Yeah, I mean, Paul in, in Romans 3, do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. Exactly, exactly. So you, 
you, you see the law, you understand like, wow, God calls us to act. He calls us to obey. Now, the question is, is why? Why does God want us to obey? Um, and there are, there are different reasons for that, right? There are different levels to that answer. He wants us to obey him because his laws reflect his character and we are made in his image. We were made to reflect his character as well. So when we, when our lives are conforming to the law of God, we are reflecting his glory, his character, his beauty. It brings him honor. He, he delights in the obedience of his people when it stems from faith. Yeah. So that's one reason he commands us to uh, obey. What's another reason he commands us to obey? I mean, I think it commands us to obey because it shows our our reliance upon him, our trust in him, yeah. uh, knowing that as as the good lawgiver that we uh, trust that his ways are best for us. We need those laws, right? Yeah. Because otherwise, we're going to come up with the Jofo Ten, which could be fun. Yeah. Uh, but they're not. They're not. Gonna, I don't even want to try yeah, to come up with the Jofo Ten. No, do when, when you're on vacation, come up with the Jofo. The Jofo 10. Yeah, the Jofo 10. I'm not going to go with the Jofo 10. Because like the God's law is a grace. He tells us what we're supposed to do. Like, honestly, it doesn't in like deep down when somebody really hurts you, what feels right is punching them in the mouth or like getting back at them. Mm -hmm. Vengeance feels right. We need a God to say, you know, what's better forgiveness yeah you know what's gonna get better is suffering well and praying for them uh so yeah god's law is a grace i think that's really i think it's a really good word jimmy and, I, and so in with that like connected to that i think god you know god gives us his laws because they're not only glorifying to him but they're good for us they're going to make our lives better yeah right and not only our lives better it's going to make um the lives of other people around us better there are a lot of reasons that god gives us his laws but he doesn't give us his law in order for us to keep them and earn salvation. He doesn't give us the big 10 so that if we keep them, he will forgive us. That's not how it works. He gives us his law so that we will learn to delight in him and in his ways as we rely on him and uh, the salvation that we have in Jesus. So Christ in the gospel actually strengthens these obligations because he has set us free from the curse of sin and death. He has, he's, he's not only liberated us, but he's also cleansed us so that when we look at the law, we're no longer condemned by it. We've been forgiven. We've received Christ's righteousness and we've received divine power mm. to begin to walk in those ways. So like, yeah, the, the commands are even strengthened. I mean, listen, when Jesus starts preaching about the 10, uh, he doesn't dial it down. No, no. Now he doesn't change them, but he dials it up. He gets very specific. He gets, he's a good preacher. He gets very practical. He gets to the hard issues and he really challenges his people. So the moral law is binding on all people at all times. And I know some people are really eager to go to the Sabbath issue, Google or uh, search our website for Sabbath. We've covered that issue before. Uh, we do believe that the, that the fourth commandment uh, uh, remains in effect, uh, but the way that it is kept in the new covenant is different than the way that it was kept in the old covenant. So, um, but the moral law, the law of God is good. And mm-hmm. it remains a rule for godly living. It uh, it remains a means by which God actually helps us to understand who he is and what he wants from us and how we can walk in his ways. But apart from Jesus, apart from Christ's work, apart from faith in Jesus, the law of God is all, what would you say? All dread, all terror, mm. because uh, we, because of our sin, we don't naturally have peace with God and the law just continues to heap condemnation on us. 
Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram or Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoeFoStore.com, and grab some gear. September 28th is just around the corner. Head on over to DoctrineDevotion.com slash West. And big thanks to Logos for uh, sponsoring uh, this one-day micro-conference. You want to register. It's going to be fantastic. We're really looking forward to it. Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday blog post on Wednesdays. Later.